Christmas future is far away. Christmas past is past. Christmas present is here today, bringing joy that may last. Have yourself a We have a new studio set up here at Coast to Coast Live, the Andy and Amanda Show. This is Andy Kimball, your co-host of the show. Amanda Love is um, not with us today, unfortunately. Her grandfather had recently died, and she's got a funeral to drive to very early in the morning. Her time in the U.K. is, you know, when she does the show, Amanda um, is up at 11 o'clock at night doing the show. I'm in California. We're at 3 in the afternoon, and she's got to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning tomorrow or something to go to, uh, unfortunately, go to her grandfather's funeral. So... She uh, gave me a heads up and said she will not be able to make the show today. So we're going to go solo again, and it is, uh, you know, we have another show to go before our Christmas break here on the Andy Demander Show, and it is around that time of year. It is, um, it is, um, it is what? It's Christmas time. Christmas time. And what do we do around Christmas time but, uh, you know, play Christmas music and talk about you know, lighthearted Christmas things? We do have a lot to talk about in the news. And how can we not with everything that's going on today with the president of Ukraine being in town and doing, doing a, a, uh, uh, a discussion, a presentation to Congress at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time tonight, right after our show. Uh, or is it 7.30? I think it's 7.30 tonight. But anyway, check that. Um, and uh, that will be fascinating. I understand I missed it, but he, uh, there was a press conference with Joe Biden and, um, and Ukraine, Ukraine President Zelensky. Um, it is 7.30 tonight, by the way. It is 7.30 tonight, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, and we'll look forward to that. But anyway, how's everybody doing? You getting ready for Christmas? You can call into the show. It's just me here today. It's 6.05. Excuse me. 
Get it straight, Andy. 515-605-9888. That is how you get in touch with me here on the Andy Demanda Show on Block Talk Radio today. Today's show, Going Solo. And um, I think I think I like to play some more Christmas music, you know, kind of getting that Christmas uh, spirit a little more here on the show before we dive into this news. Uh, we just heard from James Taylor, having yourself a merry little Christmas. Um, and I think uh, what we hear now is... Uh, Oh, maybe Taylor Swift, something more popular. Poppy, okay, last Christmas, Taylor Swift on the Andy Demander Show, Blog Talk Radio. She's uh, going on tour, and um, I heard her tickets are very, very expensive. I've got no interest myself, but I understand that uh, tickets are outrageously expensive to see Taylor Swift. And she's good. I guess she's okay. You know, I don't, I don't think she's anything too amazing at all. I, I've heard many, you know, most of you know I'm a, a singer-songwriter. I, I live in the folk world. I don't, I don't, I'm not in that pop, you know, popular music uh, arena. I, I play folk and finger-picking folk and blues stuff, Americana, roots music, the real stuff, the real roots music. We don't have dancers. Anyway, I thought about getting some dancers as I sing Kumbaya. You know, I'll do Kumbaya, I'll get some dancers up there, you know, choreograph a scene. What do you think? Mm, mm. Anyway, but Taylor Swift, I got to be honest with you, I've heard some singers on TikTok that have been outstanding, every good if not better than Taylor Swift in terms of their voices. 
but you know, you, you put a ton of money behind you, and you get a, 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 a her, her dad really helped her, which is great. I'm, I'm, you know, belittling her talent. She's very, very talented. Very good. Great stage presence. Great songwriter. Thank God for all the boyfriend she's had, or else what she what would she write about? But anyway, um, what's this a Taylor Swift bashing show? No, not at all. She's very talented. I want to give her all the credit that's due for doing what she's done and accomplishing what she has. But I'm just saying, in terms of her voice quality and so forth, there are others out there that haven't had the same fortune that she has had um, to emerge as a, as a pop star. And but they are equally as talented and also great songwriters. And you can go to TikTok and just kind of browse through, and you'll you'll see what I mean. And you'll probably end up agreeing with me. There's some outstanding. Um, local singer-songwriters in various parts of the world and, of course, the United States um, that, that sing in their living rooms and local, local tap rooms, or whatever it might be, um, and they're phenomenal. And if you put a producer behind them and some money behind them, they would be right up there, too, given the, excuse me, given the same opportunity. I'm sitting here digesting some pasta, too, for my lunch. Hey, um, has anybody um, uh, paid attention to the fact that Trump is um, – most likely to be indicted very soon, criminally indicted, probably in, on several counts. Unbelievable that his uh, the uh, the final report from the January 6th insurrection, the Congressional Insurrection Investigative Committee, whatever you want to call it. I don't know what their official name is. They have some kind of official name. I don't know what it is. Anyway, uh, it's due to release today. There are some highlights available right now, um, but uh, we'll talk about that uh, as it unfolds. Not right now. Not on this show, but I think we'll, maybe what we'll do is because um, I definitely want to dive into it because it's 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 important. So uh, let's hear Jamie Raskin. Jamie Raskin's a representative in Congress who is I think Connecticut. He's going to be coming on this show. Oh no, Maryland. What do I know? Maryland. I'm sorry, Maryland. Of course, Maryland. Why is it Connecticut? That's another rep that's coming on the show. But Jamie Raskin is going to be joining us. We've been talking back and forth with his people in Washington and to arrange a convenient time, and uh, I'm looking forward to that conversation, and so should you be. He'll be fascinating on the Andy Menu Show. Right now we're going to hear him uh, talk about the, uh, the fi- during the final uh, meeting of the January 6th Instruction Committee, under the Congress Committee, um, where they made the referral to the DOJ for criminal prosecution. Let's take a listen. Mr. Chairman, as you know, our committee had the opportunity last spring to present much of our evidence to a federal judge something that distinguishes our investigation from any other congressional investigation I can recall. In the context of resolving evidentiary privilege issues related to the crime fraud doctrine in the Eastman case, U.S. District Court Judge David Carter examined just a small subset of our evidence to determine whether it showed the likely commission of a federal offense. The judge concluded that both former President Donald Trump and John Eastman likely violated two federal criminal statutes. This is the starting point for our analysis today. The first criminal statute we invoke for referral, therefore, is Title 18, Section 1512C, which makes it unlawful for anyone to corruptly obstruct, influence, or impede any official proceeding of the United States government. We believe that the evidence described by my colleagues today and assembled throughout our hearings warrants a criminal referral of former President Donald J. Trump, John Eastman, and others for violations of this statute. The whole purpose and obvious effect of Trump's scheme were to obstruct influence and impede this official proceeding, the central moment for the lawful transfer of power in the United States. Second, we believe that there is more than sufficient evidence to refer former President Donald J. Trump, John Eastman, and others for violating Title 18, Section 371. This statute makes it a crime to conspire to defraud the United States. In other words, to make an agreement to impair, obstruct, or defeat the lawful functions of the United States government by deceitful or dishonest means. Former President Trump did not engage in a plan to defraud the United States acting alone. He entered into agreements, formal and informal, with several other individuals who assisted him with his criminal objectives. 
Our report describes in detail the actions of numerous co-conspirators who agreed with and participated in Trump's plan to impair, obstruct, and defeat the certification of President Biden's electoral victory. That said, the subcommittee does not attempt to determine all of the potential participants in this conspiracy, as our understanding of the role of many individuals may be incomplete even today because they refuse to answer our questions. We trust that the Department of Justice will be able to form a far more complete picture through its own investigation. Third, we make a referral based on Title 18, Section 1001, which makes it unlawful to knowingly and willfully make materially false statements to the federal government. The evidence clearly suggests that President Trump conspired with others to submit slates of fake electors to Congress and the National Archives. We believe that this evidence we set forth in our report is more than sufficient for a criminal referral of former President Donald J. Trump and others in connection with this offense. As before, we don't try to determine all of the participants in this conspiracy, many of whom refuse to answer our questions while under oath. We trust that the Department of Justice will be able to form a more complete picture through its own investigation. The fourth and final statute we invoke for referral is Title 18, Section 2383. The statute applies to anyone who incites, assists, or engages in insurrection against the United States of America and anyone who gives aid or comfort to an insurrection. An insurrection is a rebellion against the authority of the United States. It is a grave federal offense anchored in the Constitution itself, which repeatedly opposes insurrections and domestic violence, and indeed uses participation in insurrection by office holders as automatic grounds for disqualification from ever holding public office again at the federal or state level. Anyone who incites others to engage in rebelling, assists them in doing so, or gives aid and comfort to those engaged in insurrection is guilty of a federal crime. The committee believes that more than sufficient evidence exists for a criminal referral of former President Trump for assisting or aiding and comforting those at the Capitol who engaged in a violent attack on the United States. The committee has developed significant evidence that President Trump intended to disrupt the peaceful transfer, transition of power under our Constitution. The President has an affirmative and primary constitutional duty to act to take care that the laws be faithfully executed Nothing could be a greater betrayal of this duty than to assist in insurrection against the constitutional order. The complete factual basis for this referral is set forth in detail throughout our report. These are not the only statutes that are potentially relevant to President Trump's conduct related to the 2020 election. Depending on evidence developed by the Department of Justice, the President's actions could certainly trigger other criminal violations nor are President Trump and his immediate team the only people identified for referrals in our report. As part of our investigation, we asked multiple members of Congress to speak with us about issues critical to our understanding of this attack on the 2020 election and our system of constitutional democracy. None agreed to provide that essential information. As a result, we took the significant step of issuing them subpoenas based on the volume of information particular members possessed about one or more parts of President Trump's plans to overturn the election. None of the subpoenaed members complied, and we are now referring four members of Congress for appropriate sanction by the House Ethics Committee for failure to comply with lawful subpoenas. Mr. Chairman, we understand the gravity of each and every referral we are making today just as we understand the magnitude of the crime against democracy that we describe in our report. But we have gone where the facts and the law lead us, and inescapably, they lead us here. Accordingly, Mr. Chairman, in light of these facts, I ask unanimous consent that the chairman be directed to transmit to the United States Department of Justice relevant select committee records 
in furtherance of these criminal referrals. Without objection, so ordered. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I now yield back. Okay, and as I was going to say now, and indeed uh, uh, unanimous uh, consent, and the referral was made to the Department of Justice, there is so much overwhelming evidence in testimony and in documentation and in video and in audio. If, if the Department of Justice does not indict Shame on, shame on America. Shame on them. And they will indict. Um, why am I even saying that? They're, they're going to indict him. He's going to be indicted. It's got to happen. He, he's no different than anybody else who's committed a crime because he's president. And that gives him a free pass. Come on, give me a break, folks. Really, really. Do you know, and when you think about it, when you, when you think about it, how, as it says on our description of today's show, uh, when we think about this for a minute, how many times in history have so many colleagues, you know, lawyers, advisors, campaign managers, political associates of some sort uh, surrounding uh, the a president been arrested in one term? I mean, just unbe- I mean, I don't care how many terms. I mean, just it's just it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Um, but but at Rachel, Rachel Maddow. Did it so eloquently. I was going to kind of summarize what she said, but I, I said, oh, the hell with it. I'm just going to play, play, play her summary of the fact that so many, so many people surrounding Trump have been arrested on behalf of this guy. Just take a listen. In what universe is it possible that an American president has his campaign chairman arrested? That's Paul Manafort and his deputy campaign chairman arrested, that's Rick Gates, and his campaign manager arrested, Steve Bannon, and his national security advisor arrested, that's Mike Flynn, and his personal lawyer arrested, that's Michael Cohen, and his longtime political advisor arrested, that's Roger Stone, and his campaign foreign policy advisor arrested, that's George Papadopoulos, and his inaugural chairman arrested, that's Tom Barrick, just arrested today, his inaugural vice chairman arrested, Elliot Broidy, His private company indicted the Trump Organization. The chief financial officer of his private company arrested Alan Weisselberg. His foundation slash charity shut down as a fraud. That's the Trump Foundation. His quote-unquote school shut down after a fraud suit settlement, Trump University. And not to mention, during his one single term as president, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five of his cabinet secretaries were referred for federal criminal prosecution. In one term, we just today got the inspector general report on Trump Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross and all the details of how that investigation concluded that Wilbur Ross lied to Congress on multiple occasions to cover up what the Trump administration was trying to do to mess with the census. And that report, again, which we just got in detail today, gives us all the details we didn't have before on this fifth Trump cabinet secretary who was referred to the U.S. Justice Department for potential criminal prosecution. In all five of those cases, all five Trump cabinet secretaries, it was the Trump Justice Department that refused to bring criminal charges despite those criminal referrals. But like, you know, widen the lens a little bit. You know, meanwhile, the lawyers who brought the cases, brought the lawsuits that the former president wanted after the election to try to get the courts to somehow overthrow the election results and somehow keep him in office, those lawyers who were acting on his behalf are all facing court sanctions and potential disbarment in at least four different jurisdictions. His other personal lawyer, not the one who already went to prison, the other one has just had his law license suspended in both New York and in Washington, D.C. for his role in making those same false claims before the court. Oh, and he himself was impeached twice. That's a record. And he's personally facing a criminal investigation under Georgia state law for interfering with elections officials in that state. We're also awaiting a potential second round of indictments derived from these allegations of a years-long multi-million dollar criminal tax fraud scheme, tax fraud scheme that's already led to the indictment of his company that bears his name and its longtime CFO. I could not have done it better myself. Rachel Meadow. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate it. Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? Truly is. Anyway, moving right along, folks. The Trump indictment is on its way. The guy should never have been president of the United States. And uh, 
his his time. You know, a, a guy whose who's even criminal behavior was pre pre-existed prior to his presidency in tax evasion, tax fraud, and so forth, going back years. Yes, that just come out now. You know, the guy wrote off over three. He got a three million dollar refund, and that triggered an audit that he then protested. He filed suits to protest and delay that audit. So it's never that ever that's still underway. And all that bullshit he spewed about I'll divulge my tax returns, I have no problem with it whatsoever. I'd be glad to. It's a, a mile high pile. I'd be glad to divulge it after my audit. He knew that was bullshit at the time. And people bought it. Unreal. Unbelievable. Anyway, enough about Trump for right now. Listen, do you know a, uh, if you haven't heard, a very powerful winter storm is forecast to pound most of us here in the United States with freezing temperatures and heavy snow this week, Christmas week, over the holidays. And you know what that's going to do to snarl holiday travel plans for so many, for, for tens of thousands of people? And it's uh, been prompting warnings from officials to remain very vigilant for millions of Americans in its path. I'm talking this – is, this is big time. The storm could intensify. It's possible the storm could grow into a bomb cyclone, what's called a bomb cyclone. And uh, if you, for those of you who don't know what that is, and I was a weather, my, my, I was a pilot. A lot of you know that already. I was a professional jet pilot for for a while, a lot of my career in aviation, and also a flight instructor. I'm still current flight instructor. But anyway, a bomb a cyclone is a term for a very rapid developing storm that occurs when an atmospheric pressure drops at least 24 millibars over a 24-hour period. Boom! You know, I mean, like a fast express elevator, and um, it occurs usually when the atmospheric pressure at the center of the cyclone drops rapidly. In order to approximately qualify, the pressure needs to drop about one millibar right around there or more every hour over a 24-hour period. That's what, that's what a bomb – when you hear the term bomb cyclone, that's what that is. And uh, it usually happens when cold air mass, you know, cold, a big you know, picture, a big wall of cold air collides with a warm air mass such as air over um, an ocean or maybe the Great Lakes. You know, the, the waves on the Great Lakes and like, have been 20 feet over the lakes, 20-foot walls of water in the lakes. I'm not talking the ocean here. I'm talking about the Great Lakes. Over the last couple of days, 20-foot waves, 20 feet. And um, it's interesting that that phenomenon is, is the, the bomb cyclone was uh, – was ter- it was a term used for that rapid decline in pressure. It, it first originated back in the 1940s, um, right around there, and uh, because the 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 low pressure, I mean, it drops so rapidly, it's like a bomb dropping, and uh, the quick rate at which low pressure develops because of that, uh, they they call it a bomb. And um, the effects of the, or the, I, I might want to say, the hazards of a bomb cyclone can be multifaceted, which is to say they can vary based on the location, the speed, the storm, the band of intense pressure that create heavy winds, blizzard conditions, maybe snow, you know, reduced visibility, rainfall, uh, depending on where and what the temperatures are and, you know, what that, what that drop is from temperature A to temperature B down to temperature A, I should say. Anyway, that's what a bomb cyclone is. And the, so much of the, of the Midwest and the eastern parts of the United States over uh, the Christmas weekend here are going to get hit with some very, very cold temperatures. Our office here on Coast to Coast Live is in beautiful, sunny Southern California. I think mm, 68, 72 degrees uh, average here right now. We had a cold weather last week. It dropped down to uh, – at night, it went down to 44 last week. That was freezing. But, of course, you know, it I goes below 60 or 65. I got my ski jacket on. You know what I mean? I'm from the East Coast, from Philadelphia originally. Born and raised, East Coast kid. Spent a lot of time in New York, Washington, Boston, you know, up and down the East Coast. Went to school in Daytona Beach, Florida. A love and life out here in the West Coast. It's totally different. It is a different world out here, and make no mistake about that. A lot of you listening to this podcast can relate. And I say podcast because I realize that we don't have a whole lot of live listeners now. We didn't uh, create this time slot on blog talk radio till late. So we didn't expect we got a lot of promotion out of it. And I know that that, that means that Cornell Butler, our show coordinator, probably didn't have anything to put out on social media to get people on board the show today. So probably just me talking to a couple of people, maybe some listeners all around the world. I know you're there. We're 23 countries around the world. Unbelievable. Hearing behind my microphone in California, we're talking to people in India and Australia, New Zealand, Australia. Uh, I mean, excuse me, uh, in the continent of Africa and South America, Canada, Mexico, 
all over the world, Philippines, Malaysia. Greetings to everybody. Greetings, Merry Christmas. Hope you have a safe, happy, healthy holiday season, everybody. Really, really do. Uh, and, uh, you know, take care of yourself and uh, look out for the ones you love. Absolutely. Absolutely do that. And um, so what I'm thinking now is, are we up for, ready for some more music? Maybe we should play some more Christmas music. What do you think? If I can find one to play. What should I play? Oh, I got one. Yeah. I got one. This is one of my favorite Christmas songs right here. This is one of my favorites. Ah, he's full of shit. No, really. No, seriously. This is my favorite right here. Here we go. Uh, 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 uh. Hey, baby, want a boogie? Boogie, woogie, woogie with me. Hey, baby, want a boogie? Boogie, woogie, woogie with me. Uh, we can boogie over here. We can boogie over there. Come on, babe. We can boogie everywhere. Um, hey, babe, <clears> I want yeah, boogie. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean? This is actually, we played this before on the show. This tune I'm really going to play. That's Hey, Baby, You Want a Boogie. Is that John Hartford, I think, recorded that way back in the 70s, I think. Anyway. Har, har, har. Okay. Getting back to reality here. Uh, this is Justin Bieber doing Little Drummer Boy, and I love Little Drummer Boy. And oh, I know what I'm going to do. I got to I'm going to play. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. It's what plays about a half hour left. I'm going to while Justin Bieber's playing. I got a surprise for everybody. This is truly what I'm what I'm going to play for my surprise has truly been one of my favorites since I was a little boy. But meantime, enjoy Justin Bieber with his version of Little Drummer Boy. Some people say they, they don't care 
when the people on the people know food is not fair. It's about time for you to act merrily. It's about time for you to give to charity. Rarely can people even want to help at all. Cause they warm by the fire getting toys and the dogs. Not thinking there's a family out hungry and cold. Wish I wish them that they had somebody they could hold. So I think some of you need to act bold. Give a kid to a drive. Let's change the flow. 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 Dustin Bieber, Little Drummer Boy, cool version. Might not be my favorite version of the song, but it's kind of an energetic, fun one, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Anyway, as I'm waiting for some more music to load up here on the show, some of my favorite stuff actually. I, I so I want to I'm going to play this for you because I used to listen to this year round, not just Christmas time. And you know, if, if those of you who don't know, I am a an atheist. I have no belief in a, in a god or super intelligent being of any kind whatsoever. No heaven, no hell, none of that stuff. But this tune that I'm about to play, this tune, this incredible masterpiece, is, is a religious-oriented song, of course, uh, or piece. But it has no religious connotations to me. But the music itself is a miracle. It's amazing genius. And uh, some of you could probably already guess what it is or, or it's where the excerpt comes from. You probably already know. Anyway. Um, no, now that I got myself nice and distracted, what was I going to say? Where's Amanda? I always, I always ask you, what's Amanda? What was I going to say before? Do, 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 do. Um, yes, we talked about Donald Trump already. I'm just going to put notes here. The final report of the House Select Committee investigating the January 6th uh, invasion of our capital, violent invasion of our capital, let's call it what it was, is set to be released today. Right, I'm actually, right, right around now, I think it's, it's, I'm not paying attention to what's coming news right now today, but it's being launched or maybe just previous, it did get released or it's going to get released today. And, um, it's a whole new ballgame, a whole new ballgame for criminal investigators, politicians, and members of the public who have been eager to see the nuts and bolts of the work, although we've all been witness to the nuts and bolts of the work for the most part. There have been some behind-closed-doors testimony. We have been made aware of the summary of some of those testimonies, not all of them, and there will be some information coming out in the report that nobody has been privy to previously that we will We'll see what that's all about. But anyway, it all, it's all going to lead, uh, you know, how many times am I going to say this? It's all going to lead down to uh, the indictment of the former president of the United States. Did you also know that Donald Trump, after he was out of office, I mean, after, you know, he wasn't president, that he went, went on, you may have seen the ads, or been solicited by email, probably, um, to raise money. To raise money, most of which was being used to pay lawyers for his defense. He raised a quarter of a billion dollars, $250 million, that he went to the American public and scammed, went into their pockets and took more money from them. And left all the way to the bank, I assure you. You think he gives a damn about you? Ay, 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 ay. The guy's just, uh, you know, he's a. A mental case, he's been, you know, actually, I'm going to be polite. He was diagnosed, um, psychiatrist, with the understanding that he was not examined one-on-one by a psychiatrist. But when you're in that profession and you see somebody's behavior over and over and over again, especially close up and getting the attention that this guy has, as a trained professional physician, as a psychiatrist, you can make certain assumptions regarding one's character and how they behave. I mean, there's no question about that. You definitely can. Yeah, I, I got jobs with you. My sister is in that industry as well, and I've, I've asked her point blank, can you? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. I asked her even if she'd be willing to come on the show and, and, and provide some more information. And uh, when she has some time, she just might do that. But um, those some people say, well, how do they know his condition? They never examined him. He was never a patient of theirs. You don't need to be a patient. You don't need to be examined. Somebody gets as much um, public attention as that guy has had. You know, how, how much attention has he had? Well, don't ask you know, me. Ask China that question. 
Yeah, they gave him attention. So did Putin, right? Yeah, you know. Anyway. But uh, he's definitely uh, a narcissistic. I mean, he's, there, there's a name. F- I know narcissistic something rather, but what this guy has. I'm going, oh, I'm spending this whole show on Trump. Holy crap, listen to me go. But I guess the reason, the reason why I do this is, is not anything against him personally, although that goes without saying who he is and what his character is about. It's utter dismay in the population of America that voted for the guy that couldn't see through it. That's what's disappointing to me. That's what's very disappointing to me, and um, I guess that's that's what triggers me. You know, that tr- that's what you know that's what triggers my going on the show and talking about him to the because it's trying to you know we can talk about him all day long, but it's making a breakthrough and making a difference in people's lives and help maybe provide some clarity into who this person is and was before he was president, and and just the disappointment that I have in that people didn't see through. It was so blatantly obvious. If you looked into his background, if you heard people, even family members, talk about him. And he went around, I'm the greatest, and I know more than the generals, and you know, we're going to build a wall, and Mexico's going to pay for it, and I'm the best and the richest and successful businessman. No, he isn't. The guy had over $20 million debt when he took office. You know who that debt was to? Wii U. So it's called Wii U in South Korea with ties to North Korea. Yes, True. True. We owe. I'm sorry, but we owe. Not we you. When I'm saying we owe. We owe. Anyway. Um, yeah. So. Um, so, yeah. So he came into office with a $20 million debt on his shoulders. And, and, and a record of tax evasion and fraud. You know, be great. Let's get, get in the White House. Boy, I'll protect us for a while. It did, didn't it? It did, right? It did. Not anymore. Not anymore. Anyway. So, let me see if I can find. Let me see. Oh, yeah, I know what I want to do. Let's see if this. Give me a second. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to play. Wait, I organized this music piece I've been telling you all about. We're going to take a quick break from a amazing beer that we all like a lot on the show. Kona beer, Kona brewing. Anybody ever try Kona beer? Get the variety pack. They sell it at, at uh, Total Wine. Really, really very good brewery. And uh, I was introduced to it while I was playing some shows in Hawaii. And uh, a, a guy who produced uh, booked me out there in Hawaii. I've been there a couple of times on tours. Um, took me to a Kona beer restaurant brewery, I think it was. Or I, I don't know. I, I forget, but introduced me to Kona beer. And uh, yes, I drink other beers too. You know, Stone IPAs are amazing, you know, and but um, and and Blue Moon I like, but Kona beer is something special. If you haven't had it yet, try Kona beer, and, and you, you learned about it from the Andy and Amanda show over Total Wine. Wednesday. I can't believe it's Christmas is uh, Christmas on Sunday. Christmas Eve is Saturday. The NFL gets underway with the Christmas, New Year's, you know, whole, you know, all the exciting games as we come down to the final, the final games of the of the regular season. The Eagles play the Dallas Cowboys on national television on Saturday in Dallas. Um, 
we know that the Eagles have the ability and offensive power and might to, to defeat the Cowboys. They already did once this year. They'll do it again. But the question is, will they? Will they? And second question is, and I'll get back to that in a second. The second question is, also very pertinent, will uh, Jalen Hurts be the quarterback on Saturday because he's nursing a sprained soldier? I don't know if you uh, got to catch that uh, 263-pound defensive lineman falling on Hurts when he made one of his running plays uh, on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. Um, that was a sloppy game, <laughs> but they won. A win is a win, 13-1. So um, will Hurts you know, take care of that sprained shoulder to prepare for the playoffs? Uh, and all they need to do is win another game. They'll get the number one seed, gets them the bye, gets uh, all games to the Super Bowl lead through, have to go through all the teams in the National Conference, have to go through Philadelphia to get there. They just need one more win, which they'll get no matter what. Um, so they'll clinch that. So if you're an Eagles coach, do you say, hey, um, first of all, we might be playing Dallas in the playoffs. Do we show them, you know, what we can do against them now? Or do we kind of hold back and, you know, do our best shot at playing some pretty generic plays that we have in our playbook and what we could beat them anyway, even with those, because uh, they have an amazing offensive line. Their, their defense ain't half bad either, right? Uh, defense, some kind of scratch my head a little bit, but they're, they're doing their job. That's for damn sure, right? They are doing the job. Their defense is really good, but I've seen them um, get some points and some running plays against them where you got to scratch your head and say, well, I don't know. Anyway, evidently what they're doing is working. Who, what do I know, right? Um, so anyway, um, so two things. Does Do the Eagles play Jalen Hurts on Saturday? And B, do the Eagles, you know, kind of take it easy? Do the Eagles take it easy on Saturday? We don't know. What do you guys think? Anybody follow football? Who's listening? You know, I'm trying to think. What would I do? If I was the coach of the Eagles, I definitely wouldn't show my whole playbook. That's for damn sure. Because you might, you might play them in the in the playoffs. You might. There's a very good chance you you would. The first string. Wait, no, wait. The first string plays the last, plays the wild card. Right. That's how it works. And, and the Cowboys could get in on the wild card. Very good possibility. Or it could be the Detroit Lions. I think the Detroit Lions, and I've been saying this all season, the Detroit Lions are one of the most underrated teams in football. I think even when the, they almost beat the, the Eagles, I think it was with game two or something, they, I, I saw them against the Eagles, and they were like, they were really good. And they lost six or something. They won the last six games in a row. Um, I like the Detroit Lions, folks. And my wife is from Michigan. So, hey, hey, you know what I mean? Anyway, um, a couple of things I want to do here. I want to get back to Trump just for a second. I got distracted by football. Don't get me started on football. I could do a whole show on football. But anyway, um, I just want to play um, a recording of some psychiatrists' uh, diagnoses upon their, uh, just their distant examination of the former president of the United States. Just take a listen to this real quick, and then we'll get, move on. We could not create a leader more dangerously mentally ill than Donald Trump. He's a paranoid, psychopathic narcissist who's divorced from reality and lashes out impulsively at his imagined enemies. He can't stand an aspect of reality that uh, he doesn't want, so he rejects it. His grasp of reality and his uh, attention to reality is, is loose, an extremely dangerous trait in a president actually makes him unqualified. There you have it. That's just a brief. It goes on, but enough. I'm done. I'm done with that for this show. Aren't you too? Yes. You're Andy, move on. Move on. Okay. I told you why I'm kind of stuck on it already, but you understand, I'm sure. Anyway, um, so I want to, um, I would like to, for you, to play one of my favorite music pieces around Christmas time in the world. And as a matter of fact, as I said earlier, I listened to this throughout the year. At least I used to. I listened to the whole piece. This is just one aspect of the piece. I want to play it. You'll know what it is. For those of you who don't know what it is, listen to it. I'll tell you afterward.
gorgeous. I remember uh, my mom, t- I'm, I'm Jewish, uh, atheist, but Jewish. And I remember my mom took me to see, the, I loved it. She knew I loved it. And she took me to see the Philadelphia Orchestra performance of that years ago with William Smith, the associate conductor, was conducting it. And I've seen it many times since then with him conducting every year I used to go practically. Anyway, uh, so she took me. And a tradition, everybody stands during the Hallelujah Chorus. Everybody stands up. And my mother motions to me. And I was a young teen, you know, thereabouts. And um, they stay seated because we're Jewish. You know, these are all, you know, you know, because of God and, and my mom was atheist as well. But anyway, God, you know, glory of God and all this God stuff and Ali and Jesus Christ. We, we don't believe in that. But um, so we sat, we stayed seated. The entire Academy of Music in Philadelphia, everybody all around us is standing up. Every single person in the entire Academy of Music. But us, these two little, if you look uh, overhead camera, you see everybody standing in these two little spots, two seats, there people are seated. What's up with them? It's like uh, the quarterback kneeling in the national anthem, uh, the national anthem, right? The quarterback uh, in the San Francisco. I forget his name. But anyway, um, I hear my football, I fashioned right? Anyway, um, and then later we learned that the standing is a ritual that has nothing to do with Jesus Christ or God. It was the amazing and the awe of the power of that piece of music that just made every the king and queen of Peru, everybody stood because of how powerful that music was. That's why everybody stands. I don't know if maybe some of you listeners didn't know that, but that's the truth. That's why people stand during the holy course. It has nothing to do with God or Jesus or anything like that. Nothing whatsoever. It's all about the music. And to me, life is about the music. It is, after all, what I truly do for a living. It's all about music for me. And yes, I tend to be liberal. I tend, you know, I come out of folk music, Bob Dylan, John Prine, John Hartford, Arlo Guthrie, Woody Guthrie, Robert Johnson, you know, that's where I, that's where I live. That's my life, you know, playing contemporary folk and blues, playing contemporary, uh, you know, uh, uh, Americana roots music, and uh, sometimes the backing band, most of the time solo. Um, go to Spotify, please. Please go to Spotify. And you might not agree with me politically, but please listen to my music. <laughs> uh, it, it, every little bit helps. Go to Spotify. Go to Apple Music. Um, you know, CD uh, Baby. Uh, all, all the music distribution companies uh, and streaming platforms carry Andy Kimball, K-I-M-B-E-L. And uh, check out some tunes. Download a tune. The latest one is a single the tune, Mr. Bojangles. It's kind of cool. We played part of it on the show last week. Hey, we can go. Um, I want to thank everybody for putting up with me for the past hour. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Miss Amanda, of course, and I wish her all the best. And she's, as I said earlier, she's uh, going to her grandfather's funeral tomorrow. And uh, we'll look forward to having her back on the show on Friday for our show. In the meantime, uh, let's close out the show with some Michael Bublé, shall we? Merry Christmas, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the holiday season. I'm not into it yet. I will, I'm sure, by Christmas Day. I'll be right with you. Take care, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Really do appreciate it, and I sincerely mean that. Bye-bye now.
It's a sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Soon the bells will start. And the thing that'll make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your The prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. Sure, it's Christmas once a more. 